one of the Futurama wikis does say that Fry is the titular character of Futurama. <laughs> so I can only assume that the like the J in Philip J. Fry is for J Futurama. F is for Fry. U is for under. Okay, go on. T then, is for Tila. Oh, okay. You're doing the characters thing, like the friends thing. Yeah. I I didn't realize when you said under, I didn't realize that was supposed to be Bender. Oh. Yeah, Fry under the professor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's better than Tila. <laughs> That's better than Tila. The second U is for Urangalila. Her full name is Tarangalila. Okay, that's way good. Although, also, T could be for Tarangalila. <laughs> Am I better than you? You're better than I can't remember characters first. R is for, um... Bender Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, A is Just, for Amy Wong. Yeah. At the end, we've got that. Um, M is for... Mr. Hermes Conrad. <laughs> I gotta go back and fix you. If you's not Bender, then you has to be, um... You scamp nibbler. <laughs> Scruffy. I did think about... Scruffy. <laughs> I did think about Uffy. I'm Uffy, the editor. <laughs> I'm trying to pronounce Zoidberg with a U oh, instead of a Z. Zoidberg. Zoidberg. Hello, I'm Dr. Euler. <laughs> no, sure. it doesn't work. This is a five-minute cold open. Well, the students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted, he said so Fry! But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a wizard, you're a delivery boy! Hello and welcome to Sorted! I'm Alex. I'm JD. And this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Harry Potter is inherently flawed and sorting even more so, but it's still fun to view characters in this way. Today we're gonna sort a comedy! Ten, nine, nine eight, eight, seven, seven six, six, five, four, three, two, oh. one. Happy Blast New off. Year! Happy New Year! It's the future now! We're in the future now. 2021 is the future, so it's time to Futurama! That's our excuse for doing this. Yeah. Deal, deal with it. Also, Futurama is heckin' fun. It is. Like, hot take. Not a house hot take, but hot take. Uh-huh. I like Futurama more than The Simpsons. Oh, me too. Like, and even, like, taking The Simpsons at, at its heyday, right? Sure, yeah. Like, I enjoy Futurama Fut- Futurama more. Futurama, on average, is more fun than... Oh, on average, yes. ...than Simpsons at its best. Yes. The original run of Futurama, solid. The movies I really enjoy. The reboot runs, less so, but they definitely had their hits. Yeah. And, like, just... No, it's good. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's about a boy who sucks at everything, but then he goes to the future where he still sucks at everything. And then they have adventures and it's like The Simpsons, but it's the future. Yeah. And they're not yellow-skinned. That's the plot. Let's talk about the characters. First up is Philip J. Fry. Philip J. Fry is a delivery boy. Yeah. He delivers pizzas. So for what it's worth, call Philip because he's named after Phil Hartman, who was a ri- who's the voice of Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure on The Simpsons. Okay. Who was originally lined up to voice Fry, but was shot and killed. 
very shortly before it was due to be produ- going to production by his wife also it was a whole thing wow um, which is why by the way you've never seen Troy McClure and Phil uh, Lionel Hutz on The Simpsons for a long time I didn't know that yeah um, so they yeah they called him Philip J. Fry in honour of that and then Billy West got the role man I love that character no wait no I don't think he was supposed to vo- voice Fry he was supposed to voice Zap that makes more sense yeah I was gonna say that yeah that type of voice yes absolutely fits Zach Brannigan Brannigan. yeah um I haven't like actually watched The Simpsons in like a very long time Mm -hmm. like actively yeah like I didn't know that that character just isn't a thing anymore which is two characters those two characters yeah Yeah. I'm thinking specifically of Lionel Hutz um who is probably one of my favorite they're both both of those characters are very fun um yeah in what they do and get your hands off me you dirty ape it's so good (laughs) Can I play oh. the piano anymore? Well, of course you can. Well, well I, I couldn't, couldn't before. before. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for starting the show off on a bummer. Well, Futurama was built on a bummer, but became great. So, Fry. Maybe this episode can too. No promises. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, Fry's a delivery boy in the 21st. Well, it's actually the 20th century because it's yeah. 1999 and it's. New Year's Eve, and he's got to go deliver a pizza, and his girlfriend dumps him, and he's like, here's to another lousy millennium. And he tips back in his chair. Because he... he's because he's delivering to a cryogenics center or something. Yeah. And he gets accidentally locked in a tube for a thousand years. And even though people can see he's there, no one thinks, oh, we should probably let this guy out. It's fine. Yeah. He wakes up in the future. Yeah. We have a whole like montage of like time passing and New York getting destroyed several times. At one point, it's got like medieval castles there and gags yeah. and stuff. Man, just that one bit. Like, that's such like an iconic... Oh yeah, it's a great visual. Like yeah, the, that they the call back to several is. times. Yeah, it's like in the first movie when Bender's time traveling, they show him go to like twenty three something something and stealing a Nobel P- Prize. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then he flies by, and the, the their ships come by and destroy New York, and we see Fry just in his tube. Yeah. So it turns out Bender was responsible for something, some of that. Yeah. Which you know obviously wasn't the plan at the beginning, but yeah, the show does a good job of like doing yeah. stuff like that. To be fair, yeah. They do set up a lot, including in that first episode, You, when the Friday tips back, you can see a shadow, spoiler alert, it's Nibbler setting up that there's a time travel plot involving Nibbler and Fry, and it's Which phenomenal. Which is incredible. Yeah. Like, yeah, that kind of stuff that this show does, and like, you know, The Simpsons never even... The Simpsons would never. Well, apart from Who Shot Mr. Burns. Yeah. We were talking about this the other day. Yeah, because Who Shot Mr. Burns was great. About how, yeah, like, The Simpsons doesn't actually have, like, a continuity aside no. from, like, that one episode. And to be fair, this show's continuity is kind of loose. Sure, sure. Anyway, Fry is kind of a loser, <laughs> and then he gets assigned his new job based on, like, what his perfect job would be, and it's still Delivery Boy, and he tries to run away from that, but then he ends up being a Delivery Boy for his great 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 who's 160-ish. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he sort of, like, realizes, like, oh, wait, I'm in the future. Being a delivery boy means I get to go into space. Yeah, you just get to, like, <laughs> ride in a friggin' spaceship and just go around. It doesn't mean delivering pizzas anymore. Yeah. Although it, is... it does for Leela briefly at one point. Sure, yeah. I mean, someone's got to deliver pizzas. Yeah, and someone's got to deliver space boxes. Space packages. <laughs> hey, Fry, you just missed a great delivery to space Earth. <laughs> Growing up, I spent probably more time watching the DVD commentaries for this show than I did the show itself. Yeah, you know, like so much like trivia. Yeah, and and one thing that one show. thing the writer say there though is that if you want to make a good Futurama joke, just put the word space in front of a word. 
here we are just last year at Space Mardi Gras. I love, and it's funny every time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love that kind of humor. And it, it builds up is the thing. So, like, when you get to Space Earth, which is in the final episode yeah. of the original run, like, that's just, it means nothing it's in the brilliant. best way. It's so good. It's, it's the best kind of nothing. Yeah. Uh, at what point should I mention that um, I once had a dog named after Philip J. Fry? Yeah. yeah. And you currently <laughs> have dogs. The two dogs we have now are Zap and Kiff. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I was a kid, I, I, I got a puppy and it was my dog and I got to you know, take care of it and stuff. And you know, we named it sort of collectively as a family and we named it after Fry from Futurama. Yeah. Um, and so like, this is my dog Fry. And now we have sort of, it, it's sort of stuck as like a thing that now all of our pets have to have three letter names. Mm-hmm. And now we have two dogs who are brothers. And when my parents got them, they wanted their names to match, sort of, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like a, a paired set. Yeah. Um, Bill and Ben. Yeah. And so they decided to also name our current dogs after Futurama characters. <laughs> and so our, our dogs are now Zap and Kiff. Even as... though Zap is a four-letter name, it's just misspelled. Yeah, it's we fine. just took a P off. Don't worry yeah. about it. Fry as a character is an idiot with a heart of gold, pretty much. Yeah, he always, he, he tends to mean well. Like, so again, made by Matt Groening or co-created by Matt Groening of The Simpsons fame, Fry as a character is kind of halfway between Bart and Homer. Yeah. And he's the, like, he's the main focus of the show, more so than any one character on The Simpsons is as well. Yeah. Because, you know, he's the one from, who's gone to the future. Yeah. Um, he's leans more towards Homer's level of intelligence, but without the cruelty that's often there. Yes. Like, he can sometimes be kind of a jerk. Sure. But... It's mostly just because he's dumb. Yeah, and he, he can be a little self-centered. Sure. But he generally means well. He cares about his friends. He quickly builds a huge crush on Leela, which develops into the main romance of the show. Yeah. He's very fond of his friend Bender. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like... Is that like... you? Bonda? <laughs> Wait a minute. Bender's name isn't Bonda. It's Bender. <laughs> Get ready for a lot more quotes. Yeah. It, it really is delightful to have a show that's set in such sort of a, a smart um, setting. Mm-hmm. Like, like so much of what's going on in the show is, is like, so intellectual. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, like, a lot of really smart jokes, and mm. then your main character is just an absolute idiot. Do you want to talk about the math thing? <laughs> well, just to say, like... I can see it on your face. So, like, many of the writers on the show have PhDs is the thing, to the point that, like, they joke that, like, Futurama had the most PhDs of any writer's room in America. One of the reboot episodes written by Dr. Ken Keeler has, like, the solution to the plot involved him creating a new mathematical theorem, which is called the Futurama theorem, in order to resolve the plot, which is phenomenal it's to think about. It's a mathematical equation to fix body swapping. Yeah, it was phenomenal and great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, like, that that's what I mean. Like, like the, the show itself is is very, the, very smart. The show is intelligent. The plot is very smart, but yeah. it never makes you feel dumb. No. Because the main character is, like, such a dummy. And Fry's an idiot. But you're not supposed to, like, think he's a bad person for being an no, idiot. No, no. He just, just is an idiot. Yeah. And also, he's from a different time. Like, There's of a course, joke he's not going to understand In the everything. first episode where they say that he's just a poor kid from the stupid ages. Yeah. <laughs> like the 20th and 21st centuries are the stupid ages. And look around you. Are they wrong? <laughs> are no. they wrong, though? No. <laughs> Fry's house. Is he a Hufflepuff? Um, Gryffindor? 
Slytherin. Not Ravenclaw. Not Ravenclaw. Not a Ravenclaw, but... And not just because he's not smart, and, but it's... it's he, like doesn't he doesn't care about intelligence. He, he does not He's not, in, he's not interested in learning for the sake of learning. He, he wants to understand some things because they're cool, like... I want to fly a spaceship so I can go... Yeah, yeah. That, um, that example you gave just there feels very Gryffindor. Yeah? Yeah. I can see, yeah, I mean... I want to do cool things. Yeah, I want to go to space and... space and... Stuff. Go to a theme park on the moon. Yeah, and be friends with a robot and make out with a cyclops and... Cool future stuff. Future things. Yeah. I'm happy to put him in Gryffindor. There's definitely that case for Hufflepuff there. Oh, yeah, yeah, But actually, he's not patient or hardworking. No. Or a lot of the Hufflepuff stuff. He's just nice. Yeah, he's (laughs) he's generally kind. Yeah. But that's about it. You could definitely, yeah. Gryffindor! Yeah. Up next is Leela, a.k.a. Taranga Leela. But Taranga is her family name. Right, yeah. I, I'm not sure why that's the case, but Leela mm-hmm. is, a, is a cyclops with purple hair. We're introduced to her and she tells Fry that she's an alien. Turns out that's a, bo- a load of nonsense. But she didn't know that. No. There were hints again throughout the first few seasons that led up to the reveal that Leela is actually a mutant. Mutants in the future are the scum of the world and they live in the sewers until there's an episode where actually they fix that and they have a civil rights thing, which is fun. Yeah. Um, But Leela was relatively unmutated. Most mutants have all sorts of ridiculous features, whereas Leela was basically just a cyclops. Though as the episodes go on, especially after it's revealed she's a mutant, more things come up. For instance, in... There are reboot episodes. She has a Boyle that can sing in a Scottish accent called Susan Boyle. Ah. Uh, Get it? That's lame. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> that's what that's what I mean when I say the the revival run wasn't as good. They're not all winners. No. But Leela, like, she spends a lot of the show, like, wanting to know who she is and where she came from. And then she learns it. And it's a very heartwarming episode. Futurama, yeah. way more... The Simpsons has it occasionally. But Futurama, a lot of the time, has these episodes that just end on a heartbreaking moment and sometimes yeah. it's in a good way like this one yeah, yeah, yeah. and sometimes it's Fry's dog yeah. or his brother or his brother because they the one with his, his brother because he spends an episode thinking that his brother stole his life and his dreams and his identity but it turns out his brother actually just named his son after his missing brother and passed on those dreams to be fulfilled by his son in honour of his uncle and it's like missing yeah like, like disappeared his, and... his tombstone like says like Philip J Philip Fry named in honor of his uncle to carry on his spirit it's like ah I think that's my favorite episode oh it's so good cause like yeah it's like really heartwarming and sad but like in a nice way but also but I can't really rewatch good. it because it hurts in a good way no that one I can rewatch I can't watch the dog <laughs> see more asses <laughs> no dog episode for me thank you so Jurassic Bark. Jurassic Bark. Anyway, Leela. Leela. Uh, Leela's parents sort of like give her up for adoption because she seems relatively human and yeah. they think that she'll be okay. Although she never gets um, adopted and yeah, has a she, rough life. She's got kind of, of a it. sad backstory, but um, oh yeah. As, but she, as a result, she is very like self strong, independent woman who yeah. don't need no man. Yeah, like she. She's a badass. She is. She's the only competent one on the crew. She becomes the captain of the ship and the pilot and. She's just better than most of the characters at doing things. Yeah, she's the most reasonable one. Although she does have her moments of stupidity. Sure. In um, the episode with the parallel universe, she's just like, or it might be the parallel version of her that actually says the line, but they're just like, look, we're exactly identical. I know all her moves. 
Therefore, I have the upper hand. And then they just both do the exact same move with each other and just collapse to the floor. Not having realised that, oh, if I know the everything she knows and she knows everything I know, we're perfectly matched. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. So, dumb. yeah, she's, she, she's very reasonable and often very smart, but not, like, the smart one either. No, she's know? not, like, brainiac. Like, but Yeah, she's got more street smarts, I think. Yeah. Than- than most characters. Oh, she's Slytherin, isn't she? I think so. She's a really fun, cool, good Slytherin. Yeah, she's a cool badass Slytherin. Oh, yeah. Like, she sticks up for herself. Yeah. And she does begin... Like, it takes longer, I think, for her than some of the other characters, but she does form these friendships and care genuinely about the people around her. Yeah. But she's also one, like, I'm just here to get the job done and get paid and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's cool. She's very cool. But, like, I definitely do also appreciate the relationship with her and Fry, especially how it develops. Yeah. Like, that's, well, you were you were saying um, that this show has, like, single episodes that, like, tug at your heart. Mm-hmm. And that, like, The Simpsons doesn't really have that in the same way. Not as often, at least. Yeah, like, it's not... It's got a couple. Not as much. Like, the one with Homer's mother. But, sure, yeah. Yeah, but... but in, it, it, and I think it's because this show has sort of an ongoing continuity, mm-hmm. at least, like, more so than The Simpsons does, and so you get sort of attached to these characters' growth, and you learn about them over time. Yeah. And, like, you know, backstory, things like that, yeah. like, have more meaning as a result. There's an episode with a bunch of time skips. It's an, an episode that focuses strongly on Fry's attraction to Leela. This one episode focuses on him trying to be in love with her, and then Leela's like, Fry, there's absolutely possibly... Like, absolutely no way whatsoever that you and I will ever, ever time skip man and wife. <laughs> and they're married. And then, like, they have no idea why they're married or what happened, but it was a huge time skip. But the end of the episode reveals that, like, it happened because Fry lo- wrote Leader a no- love note by moving stars in the sky. Yeah. Like, damn, kid. Yeah. And it just builds up. There's so many, like, little bits. And he definitely does wrong things along the way. But it's I mean, good either way. Yeah, like, to sort of, like, keep the show interesting. It, there's, they play it, around with yeah, it. Yeah, there isn't sort of a constant state of will I, won't they? Well, that's the, but so, it's more yeah. satisfying than that usually is. Like, that's the thing, Futurama. The first two seasons, it hinted at occasionally, but not actually the open. The second two seasons, or, like, seasons three and four, it's in the open, and there is a bit of will they, won't they? The movies amp that up and end with them getting together, and then they're together in the revival run. Yeah. Mostly. And that's nice. It's good. Who's good? You know who's not good? Who's not good? Bender Bending Rodriguez. <laughs> What's not good about Bender? Um, he's a massive criminal. He's kind of a scumbag, a horrible person. And yet he's great. He's many people's favorite character, I think. Yeah. Bender is much more the Homer of this show. He's the smoking, drinking, jerkwad. His catchphrase is kiss my shiny metal ass. <laughs> Yeah, he's just a rude robot. But they build up, like, so much to his... They build up so much to his character, and he cares about things so much. Like, he has a secret passion for being a folk singer. They build up these gags, like, I need to get someone to come with me to do some bending. Maybe Leela. Screw that. Bending's my middle name. It is? Yep. My full name is Bender Bending Rodriguez. And then it turns (laughs) out he's Mexican. And they build up... They show the factory in Mexico where he's built. Also, he's four years old until they do time travel, and then he's thousands of years old. Oh, man, robots. Yeah, and they, um, but they play around with it, but also keep it going. Yeah. At one point, he's in a relationship with Lucy Liu, and then she appears again in a future episode yeah. in his chest cavity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because when they had her on as a guest, they just got her to record a bunch of random lines that so, they could yeah. use in the future. Sure. And then we're like, we don't know how or when we're going to use these, but now we've got them, and then they just dropped it in. Nice. Which is great. It's so good. Futurama <laughs> is so good. 
I fucking love this show. Um, Let's watch Futurama. Okay. Like you, you mentioned that he's like always smoking and drinking. Um, and like the, they sort of, the, the reasoning for that, not so much the smoking, that's just because it's just an asshole. Yeah. Um, but the, <laughs> um, the like robots needing alcohol yes. as like sustenance and so, they, they play around with that concept a lot. Like some, like there's the alcohol powers my fuel cells. And what about the cigar? That just makes me look cool. Yeah. Um, there's, I think there's more than one occasion where he's like gone sober. Yes. He stopped. <laughs> Like, Bender, you're blind stinking sober. And yeah. he's, he gets five o'clock rust around yeah, the mouth. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, that's when he acts drunk. Yeah. Which is, um, which is like the such... world building in the show. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's such a delightful sort of take mm-hmm. on that kind of thing. They build up the world of the show phenomenally. Yeah. Um, yes. And yeah, Bender showcases a lot of how that kind of stuff works, especially mm-hmm. with like, like the robot human relations yeah. type stuff. Yeah. And like how robots fit into the world and yeah. like you know he's he's a bending robot but he doesn't bend stuff no i mean not at first so he's built to bend and then he's like so in the future, first episode he's introduced when he, fry stumbles on into him when he's in line for a suicide booth though he also is trying to cheat the suicide booth by having a coin on a string so he can pull it back out even though he'd be dead afterwards although later it like in the revival run they point out that that's actually because as a robot his brain would be backed up on a drive and he'd just be put into another body so he's just like he just wanted to torture himself because he discovered that the girders he was bending at his job were used to build suicide booths <laughs> thank you for using stop and drop America's favourite suicide booth since 2008 <laughs> is the line in the first episode oh no yeah they had the movie then set in that came out in 2007 and they had a bit set in 2012 a few years later and Bender gets in a cab and Al Gore is the taxi driver because he's fallen on hard times driving a, or a hybraxi, hybrid taxi. Uh-huh. And he's just like, damn, that that hundred dollars would have bought me one gallon of gas. <laughs> like, says it directly into the camera. Yeah. Oh, uh, Futurama. Al Gore is a recurring character. Oh, yeah. How many cartoons have Al Gore as a recurring character playing himself? Is The Simpsons not? I don't think he ever actually appears on The Simpsons no? as himself. He's in an episode or two. Sure. But oh, but not as himself. Part of why it is is because his daughter worked on the show. Oh, okay. Oh, that's delightful. <laughs> but he did say before that happened that Futurama was one of his favourite shows. Okay, that's... Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, well, shit, let's get him on board then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gore, you like Futurama. Do you want to come on Futurama? As I wrote in my book, Earth in the Balance, and the much more popular Harry Potter and the Earth in the Balance... <laughs> We must defend our planet from global pollution, as well as dark wizards. Oh, sure, blame the wizards. Wait, why are there wizards in this world now? How much of this am I going to have to cut out? That None. was nothing. That one was nothing. But how cool. Is it just because this is not a Harry Potter podcast Look, and I, you wanted to talk about Harry Potter? Well, yeah, exactly. It's on theme. Okay. Also, I love Al Gore. I'm going to make you edit this one. No, please. Gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bender's Slytherin. Yes, die hard absolutely. He, and he is like the other end of the scale to Leela he is so self-centered so selfish so self-absorbed yeah like he does end up caring about Fry in particular but more like a pet at first yeah he very much appre- ends up building up and appreciating Fry as a friend and realizing that like he needs him in his life and kind of the other characters but not especially mostly Fry 
Yeah, he's, uh... It's great. It's great. Yeah. He lets Fry live in his closet. Okay, so those are, like, the three, like, main, main characters. Yeah, those are those are the big three. They appear in every episode, and they're, like, the crew of the ship. But these other characters are also very prominent. Particularly, good news, everyone! It's Professor Farnsworth. Professor Farnsworth? He's, as... a, he's, got a, he's a professor, so he's a Ravenclaw, which we can just get that out of the way. Yes, absolutely. Um, he is Fry's great, great, etc., 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 nephew. Three thousand, a thousand years later, nephew. Yeah. yeah. He's a hundred and... He's a very old in, man. We believe he's 150, but it turns out he's 160, which means he's... like They have a, an episode for his birthday, and he's like, oh, I'm so old. And, like... Leela's like, don't worry, Professor, you could live another 10 years. And Fry's like, don't say that, you could live another 100 years. No, when you reach 160, the Death Squad come and take you away to, like, be plugged into a frigging machine. I don't know, it's stupid. Yeah. It's a plot of a random episode. He makes a clone of himself, um, but the clone's dodgy and has, like, a pushed-up nose. Because he got stuck up against the glass. Yeah. Behind the scenes, I think it was because they designed the character without really thinking about it, and they just liked the design. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's delightful. Um, yeah, no, he's definitely Ravenclaw. He owns the delivery company that they all work at. He built the spaceship and many, many other inventions, yeah. including the thing longer. <laughs> the thing longer. Are you sure? Yes, because it makes his finger longer. The thing longer. Okay. Although to be fair, he doesn't actually invent that. Oh, that he invents the what? He invents the what? What if machine? And then like asks it, "What if I invented the thing longer?" And then in that world, he just gets to hang out with people a bit more and use the what if machine with the thing longer. So that's what it would be like if I invented the thing longer. A man can dream, though. Or you can just invent the thing longer. But also, he invents like he invents faster than light travel. He invents a time machine at one point. Yeah. He can kind of just do whatever. Whatever the plot calls for, basically. Yeah. Resident kooky old scientist. In the video game, it's implied that he trained under, basically, Yoda. Like, sure. They go and meet a character who's, who is Yoda. Fine. That's but, one of the... Is that one of the video games that has, like, a whole plot? Yes. Like, this is one of those things that also yes. has, like, a video game that's a whole thing. Yes. The video game is terrible, but the plot's kind of fun. Okay. I have, like, a really vi- weirdly vivid memory of, like, my cousin playing it yeah. when we were kids. On one of the movie DVDs, they also put it on there as a bo- a lost episode. And they, like, put all the cutscenes together with a little bit of gameplay between the- some of them to go together. It's like a half-hour story at that point. Sure. Yeah. Weird, but fine. Anyway, Farnsworth is a Ravenclaw. Who's yeah, next? he's not the most interesting character, but he's very fun for what he facilitates. Yes, yes. And he sometimes, like, dates young people. And he dates mom. I'm into that. As a pairing. Not... <laughs> I think it's a good pairing. <laughs> Up next is a much more fun character. Hello. I can't do I can't do that voice. The Zoidberg voice. Dr. John Zoidberg. I can do the He's a crustacean from another planet, he's an alien, but his name is John. He's a human doctor. <laughs> and then a doctor of humans. Yeah. But turns out, get this. I think he faked his credentials. Oh. Like his, like his, his, um, what's the word? Doctor's room. Exam room? His doctor room <laughs> has like a chart of the human body, but it's upside down. Yeah. He's, um, yeah, it's implied that he's just kind of a crackpot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> open, <laughs> open your mouth, him. please. No, your other mouth. Well, I only have one. Really? Like, has he never seen a patient before? I don't know. How long had he worked there? I don't know. I don't know. Like, he and Farnsworth, like, again, a later episode in the revival, and, like, suggested they had a long history, and that's why Farnsworth keeps him around, because, like, he saved his life once or something. Sure, fine. Um, 
Yeah, but he's clearly like not actually. Zoidberg is just so much fun. He's a complete it's moron. Amazing. They do an episode that's like a parody of the Star Trek Ponfar thing where he has to go and mate. Or, oh, yeah. But then everyone who does mate dies, so actually it's a good thing he's a virgin. Sure. Uh, he's, al- I, he's always broke. Yeah, he, he's a doctor. A, he's a doctor, but there, he's always broke. There's a couple episodes early on, like uh, season one and early season two, that actually suggest he's the one with money. It's like the Christmas episode, the first one. Sure. Oh, yeah, Amy's, yeah, yeah. Amy, who's like an heiress... Sells her, do- her sells her hair to buy Hermes a set of combs. But Hermes had sold his hair. Hermes, the bureaucrat who's in charge of the company's money, sold his hair to buy a set of combs for Dr. Zoidberg, who doesn't have hair. But then Zoidberg's just like, thank you, this will go wonderful for my new hair. And he reveals he bought both Amy and Hermes' hair and he's got it on his head. It's like, what? But usually he's very poor and Hermes hates him arbitrarily. Yeah, I think so. I think he. I think Zoidberg like lives in a dumpster. Yeah, He's they do a lot of stuff. Garbage food. Yeah, and but I love him. Oh yeah, I love him too. He's great. Is he a Ravenclaw? Because he's a doctor. <laughs> if he's not a Ravenclaw, what else would he be? A Hufflepuff. Might be a Hufflepuff. I like Hufflepuff. I kind of want to put him in Hufflepuff. Um, he's a big cuddly lobster. The only the only other thing I I would add is he anytime we see him interacting with like his family and stuff like uh-huh. they he he wants to be seen as successful and impressive. Sure. Oh, he had a dream to be a comedian. Yeah, yeah. His uncle was one of the first ever black and white hologram stars. Fine. Cuz you've got to have black and white and silent hologram movies but in the year 29 something. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get the holograms to do color. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. Technology's weird. Uh, like, I, I could I could see there's a little bit of a Slytherin streak because, like, he wants to be successful. He's got sort of a, um ambition. Yeah. Uh, which I think pushes him no, more yeah, towards Ravenclaw than Hufflepuff. Sort of, if, if it's sort of like a should spectrum. We, should I think we average out the Hufflepuff and Slytherin to say Ravenclaw then? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay, we'll put him in Ravenclaw. Up next is Amy, Amy Wong, whose parents own half of Mars. Uh-huh. The planet. Yes. Not the food company. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mars, the planet. Yeah. The, the, I um, know the planet. And they treat and it's a ranch where they raise bugalo, which are like part beetle, part cow. Yeah. And but their it turns food. out uh, their ancestors bought it from the nation native Martians, who are obviously a parody of Native Americans. Yeah. But whether it's implied throughout the episode that they like their ancestors tricked and misled the native Martians. Yeah. But actually, they bought it for a humongous fucking diamond that is implied throughout the episode to have been a bead. But no, it's definitely like a a singular jewel that is worth the cost of half a planet. Yeah. And then like Amy's just like, you know, if you wanted to trade back, I'm sure my family could do that. And they're like, screw that. We've got this diamond. We can go and buy a better planet. Yeah. And then they just leave. <laughs> It's like, uh, okay. Amy herself. Amy's a klutz. And yes. kind of, again, they say on the DVD commentaries, they wanted very specifically to have Amy be a source of a lot of the physical comedy and a lot okay. of like the um like pratfalls and... Yeah. What's the word? Um, For like pain comedy. Physical comedy? Sure. Like the pratfalls <laughs> and the getting hurt and stuff. Like there's a couple of times where she's got like a jetpack that goes out of control and stuff. They specifically want that to be a female character. Nice. And also like a, tr- a traditionally attractive female character. She is, yeah. she is often like kind of a sex symbol on the she's show. She's considered she, the hot one. Well, she and Leela are both often presented in bikinis and one on that's whatever. Yeah. But 
She's not. It's not like they're trying to be like, oh, it's the fat girl. She's the funny one. Ha <laughs> ha. No, no. Yeah. Like she it, is it's... like the attractive girl who gets into the stupid situations. But also, while being a klutz and whatever, she's also intelligent. She's she's introduced as Farnsworth's grad student. Yeah. And they don't do much with that in the original run, but then in the revival again, I think she ends up getting a doctorate. Sure. Like in an episode with cats. I remember the cats. The cats that took over the world or something. Yeah. I. It was weird. And like she had to team up with Nibblem. Sure. That was at the point where, like, Nibbler was acting like a pet, but everyone knew he could talk, and they were just like, <laughs> yeah, but, you know. <laughs> we'll get to Nibbler. We'll get to Nibbler. Um, so she's intelligent, and she yeah. does care about it. Yeah, she's she's actually got, like, a lot going on. Though Farnsworth says he keeps her around primarily because they share blood types. And, like, she's not often involved with the main plot of what's going on. She's, yeah, more of a side character. At least, especially in the first few seasons. Though in season three, she begins a relationship with Kif, uh, not my dog. No, Kif Croker, who's an alien. And, like, season one includes a Titanic parody where Amy's tr- parents are trying to set her up, so she pretends to be in a relationship with Fry. Leela also pretends to be in a relationship with Fry. I forget the details. Yeah. But the episode ends with Kif having become pr- captain of the Titanic because Zap abandoned ship, carrying Amy away. And she's like, oh, what a man. And that was kind of a joke at the time, but then they're like, well, what if we did something with that? And then they yeah. built a really sweet relationship. I know, like, I love them. They're yeah. like a really solid their relationship for the rest of the show is brilliant the movies fuck around with it and then like like they they get married but then they get split up or Kif dies and then Amy sleeps with sleeps with someone but Amy and Kif are cute yes (laughs) focus on the original run which is the best part anyway yeah yeah and it's very sweet and good yeah and then Kif gets pregnant that does happen and Amy's like, I don't know if I can go through with this because she's not technically the mother, but also kind of is. Father, whatever. Yeah. Amy herself, is she a Ravenclaw as well? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, it makes sense that this show would have a lot of Ravenclaws sure. considering, like, the people behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I could see Ravenclaw. I think I could also see Slytherin. Really? Um, Slytherin is not one I would see. Go for it. I don't have specifics to back myself up. It's okay. a vibe. Well, I get, I get more of a Hufflepuff vibe. I, I was going to say, I could also see Hufflepuff. Let's go Hufflepuff. Yeah. We haven't had a Hufflepuff yet. And you like to get all the, all the, I do like the to houses get all in. of them. And that gets all the houses in. So there's your Hufflepuff. Because we're not going to go to Hufflepuff on our last character and the main characters. Because our last main character is Hermes Conrad. And Hermes is also a Ravenclaw. Yes. He, he's the bureaucrat. <laughs> he's a Jamaican bureaucrat. And that's, again, kind of the joke that, like, the Jamaican character... Oh, Jamaicans, they're, like, very laid back and loose and whatever. But he's very uptight and... Yeah, like, he's a, a very good limboer. Yes, like previously an Olympic limboer, I yes. think. Yes, and they do some bits with that. The first episode that focuses on him is phenomenal as well. It's got a great song in it, and they introduce like the central bureaucracy, and they introduce number one point zero, who has the the classic line, "You are technically correct, the best kind of correct," <laughs> which is like you know one of those moments that's very well gift. Yeah. But yeah, Hermes, like, he's fun, and he does a lot of fun stuff, but there's not much more to say about him. Yeah. There's a lot more to say about some of these side characters, really. So, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the Space Lightning Bolt Round! Uh, tell me about Zap Brannigan. Captain Zap Brannigan. I love Zap so much. I also love Zap. Brandon. He's capt- He's a, a captain in the Dupe, the Democratic Order of Planets. Hold on, let me. I just said that I love Zap Brannigan. I need to correct <laughs> myself. I love to hate Zap. Yeah, Brandon. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's 
a complete moron. He's they, uh, his character pitch is Captain Kirk if he was actually just William Shatner. So he has a lot of like William Shatner's verbal ticks, like the ho- the whole like drawing out the last sound is supposed to be like every last syllable. It's supposed to be a, a yeah, yeah. William Shatner thing. He's a complete moron, completely stuck of his own ass. All the higher ups think he's the world of him, apart from when it's revealed that they don't, and actually it's just more easier to have him stay there instead. His number two, Kiff, Lieutenant Kiff Croker, hates him, constantly sighs. Billy West, the voice of Fry, Farnsworth, Zoybeck, and Zap Brannigan, has taken over the last four years to posting short tweets in which he reads out Donald Trump tweets as Zap Brannigan because they can make more sense coming from that character than the President of the United States. Yeah. He's great. He's an idiot. This is the lightning bolt round. I'm so sorry. He's Gryffindor. Yeah. Yes. Kiff Croker. Kiff Croker is a Ravenclaw. He's uh, Zap's second in command. He's constantly exasperated because he's the only one on their ship that has a brain cell. Actually, I don't have bones. I'm supported by a series of fluid-filled organs. That's nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell me about Nibbler. Nibbler? is introduced in like the fourth episode or something as like a random alien on this planet that Leela ends up adopting and keeping um, as her pet. They don't know what he is. There's a lot of like bits and pieces about him where they try and find out what's going on. He chips a tooth and like the vet's like, well, if he's anything like the common tree, the rings will indicate his age. Fry's like, good luck. It'll take some kind of genius to count all those rings. He's five. <laughs> and they throw a birthday buddy for Nibbler but actually Nibbler's not five he's thousands of years old because it turns out he's Lord Nibbler or something from the Nibblonians yeah. which are names just chosen for humans because in the time it would take to say his true name well one this entire episode would have already finished and two he like a thousand sons would have been born and died or something I don't know he's voiced by Frank Welker yeah. both as his like his little noises. Noise. But also in his speaking voice, which is phenomenal. Yeah, that's a good He has another one of my favourite lines in the, at the end of the first movie. Quick! Everyone out of the universe! And then he just <laughs> swallows himself out of existence temporarily. Yeah. He can just, like, consume anything. Right, his poop is dark matter. Yeah. Which, like, weighs, you know, more than a thousand suns, but they use it to fuel the ship. Which makes him nifty to keep around. Yes. So he, like, fuels the... Sh- he ends up fueling the ship. Nibbler is a Ravenclaw, and he yes. saves the world using Fry as his assistant because Fry's brainwaves make him immune to the big brains. But also, he's the one who initially pushed Fry into the cryogenic tube a thousand years ago, and Fry went back in time to try and stop him, but then he did it himself. And time... Time! Time, time. Tell me about... Scruffy, the janitor. Scruffy's the janitor. Fun fact. Scruffy is originally written to be in many more episodes than he appears in. His jokes often get cut because his voice is so slow that they don't have time to include him in the episode. <laughs> I'm Scruffy, the janitor. Yep. Like, <laughs> that's just how he talks. Yeah. Like, no, he, but yeah, it wouldn't be funny if he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. He's around a lot. Yeah. But he never really gets involved. Yeah. His first appearance was in a what if thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like... I, who's this guy? I've never seen him before. I'm Scruffy, the janitor. And it's like, but then he's just always there after that. Anyway, sorry, you tell me about his house. Uh, Scruffy's a Hufflepuff. Cool. He's a hardworking guy. Yeah. Tell me about Mom. Mom, who has a real name that I'm not going to bother to look up again. Mom is the owner of Mom Robotics. She is supposedly the creator of all robots in the world. She's Farnsworth's ex-girlfriend. She has three children, one who we later learn in a plot twist is revealed to be Farnsworth's son, which again was something they planned before the series. Nice. But they just never got around to it in the original run. Um, 
she's like presents this outward image of being a sweet kindly old lady but actually she's you know a heartless manipulative a bit more like Yzma from Emperor's New Groove business owner yeah she owns a business she's a uh, Slytherin yeah up next is Walt Larry and Igna the three sons those are mom's sons um Walt Walt sounds a bit like this he's the oldest he's the oldest and like the most calculating yeah um, he's probably a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Uh, or I think he's probably a Slytherin. You think he's a Slytherin? I think, sure. he, I think he's, he's got most of that side from from mom. Yeah. Larry, Larry the middle one. A Ravenclaw? I think so. Yeah. Igner is it, definitely Hufflepuff. So Walt and Larry are another character's sons. And then Igner, the complete moron, is Farnsworth's son. And like Farnsworth, in, in the movie when that's revealed, is like, oh, Igner, the, the evil I can tolerate, but the stupidity. <laughs> I was an owl I was exterminator. Igner's an owl exterminator. So it's never actually addressed like out loud, but a thing that they planned in the world building of the show is that to co- to deal with New York's rat population, they released a bunch of owls to go and eat the rats. And, and then the, the owls, owls ate the, the rats and now they're the vermin and yeah. they live in owl holes and they have to hire owl exterminators. Yeah. Oh, then I suppose you won't mind exterminating this owl. I think they, yeah, they hinted that in a variety of ways throughout the show. Calculon. Calculon, the greatest robot actor of all time. Turns out he was actually a robotic arm in a factory in like 2017 or something, building a, a hell car. And then he's just reinvented himself every so often over the years so he could be an actor and keep up the appearance. But also he was a wear car for a while. He's an actor. He thinks he's the best. They meet him several times and sometimes Bender's on his show or not, or a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, he's a Slytherin. He plays a variety of sort of roles. Tell me about Richard Nixon's head. Richard Nixon's head was once attached to Richard Nixon's body. Yeah. But not anymore, because that's oh. He's probably a Slytherin. Yeah. Tell me about the headless body of Agnew. So I put him on here because he's fun. So in contrast to many celebrities have cameos in the show as their own heads in jars preserved so they could have 20th slash 21st century celebrities on the show, but... Agnew, who was Richard Nixon's vice president, instead of being his head, it's his headless body who carries Nixon around as vice president, headless body of Agnew, who just makes growling noises like Frankenstein, cuz... And I guess he still has a neck. Yeah. He's still got, like, they a don't larynx. entirely explain it. some noises, like, yeah. They just told Maurice LaMarche, just, just make v- noises for the vo- headless body of Agnew, please. And he's yeah. like, well, what do I do with that? Um, probably also Slytherin. Yeah. How about Cubert Farnsworth? Cubert Farnsworth is uh, Professor Farnsworth's clone son. Yeah. He's probably also a Ravenclaw, though. Yeah, very much so. Tell me about Dwight Conrad. Dwight Conrad is Hermes Conrad's son, who's friends with Cubert Farnsworth. He's a lot of fun. I'm going to put him in Gryffindor. I like that. How about La Barbara Conrad? La Barbara Conrad is Hermes' uh, super hot wife. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, who loves that he's good at limbo. Yep. She's probably a Slytherin, though. You reckon? Yeah, because okay. like she's constantly got like a thing where like she's gonna leave him for the other limbo guy. Barbados Slim. Yeah, <laughs> and like yeah, she does love her husband, but also like not that much. Barbados Slim. <laughs> she does kind of just want the, the better limbo guy. It's not that she she leaves Hermes when he dies, and then his head gets put in a jar temporarily until they can fix his body back to life. Is that what it was? Yeah. I swear they have like a limbo competition. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Okay, maybe Gryffindor then. 
Okay. Tell me about Hattie. So Hattie is like the equivalent of the Simpsons crazy cat lady. She's just an old lady who shows up from time to time and, you know, lets Tress McNeil use her old lady voice. Yeah. Um, Slytherin. Fine. How about Sal? The guy who's like always at the truck shop, truck stops and stuff. He appe- yeah, he appears many times over and an early concept, I believe, for him was that he was one of many clones. But I don't think... <laughs> it's never actually confirmed or stated directly. Sure. But it could be. And he, Why not? He talks like this is. Yeah, yeah. And he's a sle- He's very sleazy. Um, Gryffindor. Um, tell me about Lur. I am Lur! Ruler of the planet Omicron Percy I-8. So, Lur, ruler of the planet Omicron Percy I-8. Mm-hmm. He's often just like the generic... A ruler of an alien world kind of thing. Yeah. He gets more involved and they do some fun bits. Omicron Persei is a real star that's yeah. approximately a thousand light years away, so Omicron Persei 8 is the eighth planet around yeah. Omicron Persei. Uh, current television radio wave type stuff um, would be going out into space or satellites. Satellite waves? I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't know. The The TV from now reaches their planet a thousand years later, yeah. so they're constantly watching... 1,000-year-old television. Yeah. So, i.e., television of the current era of the show. Yeah. Particularly Friends. They make several jokes about watching Friends. Yeah. They get uh, mad because, like, Ally McBeal gets cancelled. No, no, no. A parody... Well, a parody of Okay, it. okay. Single female lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Single female lawyer. It's stupid. Um, and they have to make it. And f- luckily, Fry sat around his entire life just watching TV, so, so he's he able knows to save. All about it, so he's yeah. able to save the world. Um, Lur does have way. one of the lines I remember. Oh yeah, the most from Futurama. Go for it. Why doesn't Ross, the largest of the friends, not simply eat the other five? Perhaps they are saving that for sweeps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't know why I think about that line as often <laughs> as I do, but I do. Ah, uh, Lars is Slytherin. Yeah. How about Nda Nda? That's his wife? Yeah. She's also a Slytherin. Aww. I think, well, I guess she could still be. She's a, she's a lot more mellow than he is. Sure. Okay, maybe a Gryffindor. I think that's fun. Yeah. You you have a better knowledge of this show than I do. Fair enough. Um, I haven't seen any of it for a very long time. Tell me about Smitty. Smitty is a human cop. Um, all cops are bastards, so Slytherin. Yes. How about Earl? Earl is a robot cop, mm-hmm. and all cops are bastards, so also a Slytherin. Cool. Tell me about Leo Wong. Leo Wong is Amy's dad, who owns the Wong Ranch, aka Half of Mars, and is generally, like, kind of a... Well, he's Chinese, right? Mm-hmm. But he's also a parody of, like, Texan, like, ranch owner types. Yeah. Um, Which, like, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, they do a lot... Yeah, they do a lot yeah. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, But he's very much, like, a self-obsessed dick and he wants his daughter to marry up and blah 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 and they want grandkids and he's a Slytherin yeah you know what is weird though Mm -hmm. like it it, it's a fun thing to be like ah yes like this we're gonna put like this sort of race of character into a role that you don't normally see them depicted in Mm -hmm. and that's very fun but why does he still have that accent yeah because racism yeah it's not perfect the show ain't perfect it's not perfect what um a fox animated sitcom isn't perfect? What? <laughs> it's better than most. How about Inez Wong? Inez Wong is Amy's mom. Also owns half of Mars, I guess. Yeah. Same thing. Also Slytherin. Yeah, very similar. She's less, like, business tycoony. Yeah, yeah. But she still kind of sucks. Yeah. She's she's more controlling of the personal life. Mm-hmm. 
tell me about Elzar. Bam! Elzar. Hit him with a bam. Elzar is a TV chef. Very much a parody of every single TV chef you've ever seen. <laughs> he is a specific one, but I can't remember who off the top of sure. my head. Sure. But also just every TV oh, chef. yeah, absolutely. He's Bender's, Bender loves him because Bender also, among ones, right, Bender also wants to be a chef. Yeah. I think he's employed as the Planet Express chef. Right. I think that's actually what his job is supposed to be. He doesn't have taste buds, so that's a problem. Yes. He puts like, he, he puts a stupid stupid amount of salt in food or something. He's like, well, he's like, it's salt mixed with water, if that's what you mean. It's like, come on, it's like, it's two teaspoons less than the lethal dose for humans. That makes it taste good. Just get a recipe, my dude. Um, Elzar. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Elzar, TV chef, uh, Gryffindor. Yeah. Like Bam! That. Bam! Tell me about Wernstrom. Wernstrom. Um, I am Ogden Wernstrom. Sorry, Damn, thoughts. he just like appeared here in the room, which is super <laughs> weird considering he's an animated character and is now just standing next to me in my bedroom. Silence. Who? How, where did you? How did you get here? Time oh. travel. I'm losing the voice. Hurry up and sort me. What house are you in? You tell me. It's your turn. Ravenclaw. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Fine. Started sounding like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> well, uh. Professor Ogden Wernstrom is Professor Farnsworth's uh, scientific rival. Yeah, they're rivals. Tell me about Mayor Poppenmeyer. Nope. Poopenmeyer. Mayor Poopenmeyer. Sorry, I couldn't read it. It's Which, far you know, away he was named for like. A, so Mayor Poopenmeyer was named for like a one off joke in one episode, but then they had to stick with that because they named the mayor Mayor Poopenmeyer. He's the mayor of New New York, because the show's in New New York. We haven't mentioned that yet. Yeah. And uh, mayor types, they're the end. Politicians. Sure. We've done house hot house take. House hot take politicians. So then. Have we done that before? Yeah, if we haven't, we have. we're doing it now. House hot take, all chefs gets, or whatever. I it gets a little colder of a take every time we say it. House hot take, all TV chefs or whatever I said Elzar is. <laughs> what did I say? Gryffindor? Gryffindor. All TV chefs are Gryffindor. House hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it, Gordon Ramsay. You're a Gryffindor. Tell me about Hyper Chicken. You don't think Gordon Ramsay's a Gryffindor? No, I do. What? Okay. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I'm, I may be just a simple country hyper chicken. Hyper chicken is a giant humanoid blue chicken-esque creature, but he speaks like, you know, a southern gentleman. He's a lawyer. He's the main lawyer character on the show. Like, you know, parodying, like, he's like the Lionel Hutz of this show, essentially. Um, he's a bumbling idiot. Um, but he, but he cares for his baby. He's got babies that he cares for. Yeah, he's, um... And then what's one the, time what's he. What's the Looney Tune chicken? Um, Falkhorn Leghorn. Yeah, he's that. Very much Falkhorn Leghorn. And then one episode, they have a gag, like, just they have a gag of him standing on top of the courthouse crowing at the sunrise or something. <laughs> and then, like, the DVD commentary's just like, this is a stupid show. <laughs> I'm gonna put him in Hufflepuff. Yeah. Judge Whitey. Wait, did you put a lawyer in Hufflepuff? House hot take. This lawyer is a Hufflepuff, even though all lawyers are Slytherin. <laughs> Fine. House hot it's also a chicken. It's house hot take o'clock. Yeah. How about Judge Whitey? Judge Whitey presiding. Okay, I don't know much about his personal life, honestly, but he's a judge. Well, which... he plays golf and he goes to country clubs and he's called Judge Whitey. It's a play on words, you see. Are his judgments sound or is he biased? Oh, not remotely. He sends Fry to the robot insane asylum because there's no right. room in the okay. human insane asylum. I was trying to decide, like, I, I can't remember enough about this judge to be like, is he an actual judge yeah. or is he just an asshole? Well, no, he's like, 
I have an appointment at the golf club, so let's just hurry this up and put him in the robot loony bin so we can go. Yeah, Slytherin. Yeah. Who's Linda? Linda is one of is the human female newsreader. Um, she's like very okay. peppy and perky. <laughs> ah, Hufflepuff. Yeah. And this is Morbo. Morbo is the other newsreader. Morbo will destroy all humans. He's a very brainy looking. Yeah, he's alien got a big dude. alien head type. Um, and he wants to murder all of the humans. But also, he reports their news. Yeah, make a living. <laughs> uh, Morbo's probably a Slytherin. Yeah. Tell me about Tinny Tin. Timmy Tinny Tim. Tinny Tim. Can you, do do you know what the parody is yet? Tinny Tim <laughs> is a sweet little robot who shows up at the soup kitchen. He, instead of having, he only has one leg, and he's been built with a stump on the other side. He's been built with a bindle, and one of his arms is just a crutch. He's been built to be a, a robot orphan because the robots build themselves at this point, and they specifically build them to fulfill the needs of society. So they need to have robot homeless orphans. So they built Tinny Tim. So that someday a robot will come along who wants to adopt a robot child. But also he's homeless. It'll work out, it's fine. <laughs> he goes to a soup kitchen. What's his house? A Hufflepuff. Yeah. Oh my. Tell oh, me James about- from Team Rocket. That's basically what hedonism bot is. <laughs> Tell me about hedonism bot. Hedonism bot is extremely hedonistic. He's a robot built to embody hedonism. Uh, he like walks around on all f- on four legs because his body is him laying on a couch with one arm to drop grapes into his mouth. Yeah. Um. Slytherin. Sand my nipples. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tell me about the robot mafia. So there's three members of the robot mafia. There's the Dombot. There's yeah. Joey Mousepad. And there's clamps. And there's clamps. Give him the old clamp, clamp, kabang. He's got the clamps. Oh, well, the robot, the robot, the Dombot. Well, they're all Slytherin. Yeah. But the Dombot. Whatever. Tell me about the robot devil. <laughs> Did you start a bit and then we're just like, no, I'm done. Didn't we have a bit so much as just, I like his voice. Yes. Yeah, I like fair. voices. The robot devil is. Voiced by Dan Castellaneta, aka Homer Simpson. Yeah. Also, he's the devil, but he's a robot. Well, he's the devil for robots. Yes. The robots didn't have a devil, so again, they built a devil to fulfill the needs of a robot devil within society. But he can, like, sort of poof into places and stuff, yeah. can't he? I, actually, I'm not sure he can. I think he just, like, makes a smoke cloud and then is, is seen running away. Okay. That's better. <laughs> yeah. That's better. I'm not sure if he has any actual power. He might do. I'm not sure. Okay. Like, has so, a good musical number. <laughs> he had multiple good he has musical, musical numbers. Good, multiple yeah. good musical numbers. Like, he swaps his hands with Fry's using those same hands. And Fry's like, wow, how did you do that? Oh, they're very good hands. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's a Slytherin. Sure. He's the actual devil. He's, he's the um, devil. <laughs> tell me about Robot Santa. Ho, ho, ho. Robot Santa, first voiced by John Goodman, but then later replaced by John DiMaggio because they couldn't get John Goodman back, I guess. That's probably um, for the best. He was built initially to judge whether children were naughty or nice, but his naughty parameters were set too high so he judges all people, yeah. whatever, to be naughty and Everyone then goes on a murderous naughty. rampage every Christmas. He lives on a... Every a, Xmas. Every Xmas, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forget what what the joke is about why they replaced it with X, but... Xmas. <laughs> this show is so stupid. I, I am the one tripping you up with stupid Futurama things. It's stupid. Um, he lives in a fortress on Neptune where he's enslaved some native Neptunians. 
Elzar is also a native Neptunian. Yes. But then they're like, oh, look, it's it's some elves. We're not elves. We're just shrimpy because he never feeds us. Yeah. Robot Santa is a Slytherin. He's an evil robot. Yeah. Pete. Yeah, so we've had the robot mafia. And we, we had, had the robot devil. And we had robot Santa. And now it's... Roberto! <laughs> <laughs> he gonna stab you. <laughs> he's an insane robot. He was built to be an insane robot. Yeah, he's probably Slytherin. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of Slytherins. I think robot... House hot take. Oh. Oh. Oh? Is this a genuine house hot take? Am I... No. No, I can't say that. Say it. That all robots are Slytherin? House hot take. You heard it here first. Damn. But we have in the past said, house hot take, all Ravenclaws are robots. Wait a minute. But not all robots are Ravenclaws. <laughs> but but mm. all robots are Slytherin. Uh, in the future... In the future. House hot take. In 1,000 years time, all robots will be Slytherin. Yes. But not currently. It's a gradual thing. Yeah. By the time that robots are kind of just integrated into society and are kind of dinguses. Tell me about Ethan Bubblegum Tate. I am Ethan Bubblegum Tate. Ethan Bubblegum Tate is the leader of the Globetrotters. Now, you might be thinking the basketball team, and you're not wrong, but specifically, they're the Globetrotters from the Globetrotter home planet, which is... We see the actual planet from space at one point. It, it looks, looks like, like a, a giant basketball. basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, they come to Earth and just like, we are here to challenge you to a game of basketball. And Farnsworth builds a team of mutants to fight them. That's the plot of Space Jam. Yeah, but he steals some stuff from space. And that sure. causes the time skips that I mentioned earlier. And then the Globetrusters reveals to all be like quantum mathematician scientist types who yeah, are like yeah. incredible super geniuses to that end he's a Ravenclaw he wants to prove he's the best but he wants to prove he's the best but it's mm, but I think he cares more about the science no it's about the science it's like sure he wants to prove he's the best but also he loves science and maths yeah and he's basketball oh, he's such a good character <laughs> and then he just shows up randomly in the background like he's a judge on a TV cooking show at one point just cause why not yeah I guess so he's a raven wait but I said all chefs are Gryffindor but he's, he's not, not a, chef. a chef. He's a judge. Slash mathematician. Slash basketball. He's. A, he is a basketball. House hot take. Ethan's bubblegum Tate is a basketball, and he's a Ravenclaw. And finally, <laughs> all glory to the Hypno Toad. That's my Hypno Toad noise. Okay. Hypnotoad. Do you want to tell them who Hypnotoad is? Hypnotoad is a toad that hypnotizes you with his big glowing eyes. He's first introduced in a pet competition, but then he later has a show. Everybody loves Hypnotoad, where it's just him in a, like in an area, like at the camera, like hypnotizing Sitting them, staring at the camera, doing. Some One of the movie stuff. DVDs has a full thirty-minute episode of Everybody Loves Hypnotoad. Oh my god! Which is mostly just that, but includes some transition shots of like a house and some like little transition music. <laughs> Then there's a couple of audience reactions. Like at one point, there's a gunshot and a, <gasps> but it. And then like at the end of it, it's like you will now be. We will now count down from thirty to wake you up. You will. Rem you will remember that you have enjoyed the show. Is like hypnotoad like hypnotizing a. I don't know. Story into your head? Uh, maybe. Or I think it's just hypnotizing you for thirty minutes and then just it just makes you remember that you enjoyed it. Zonking you out. Yeah. But it's, it's unclear if that's someone controlling Hypnotoad or Hypnotoad is making people do that. I don't know. But what house is Hypnotoad? It depends on is, is Hypnotoad in control or is Hypnotoad know. being controlled? It's not made clear on purpose. I love Hypnotoad. Though. It's great. 
Um, None of this matters. He can't be in a Hogwarts house. You know what he is? He's one of those singing toads from the third <laughs> part of the movie. He's in the toad choir. That's creative. Yeah. Yeah, and it was headed by, eventually, uh, Flitwick. Yeah, the not Flitwick. Who became Flitwick. Who became, becomes Flitwick. Put him in Ravenclaw. Okay, fine. Ravenclaw. The frog's the Ravenclaw. And that's Futurama Sorted. Ooh. I love this show so fucking much. I need to go and rewatch this show right now. Yeah. Alex, it's your turn to sort it out. We're going to do some serious fixing of Harry Potter. Okay. Like, we're going to talk about a serious issue. Serious no. Tell me about serious Black. <laughs> I made that joke earlier. You do this every time. You steal my joke. <laughs> sorry. Well, you didn't make it. Ugh. What are you going to sort out? Um, I just want to talk about, like, the extreme fat phobia. Go for it. In Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, Tell me with some examples that you're thinking about. Uh, specifically the Dursleys. Yeah, Dudley especially. Yeah, Dudley especially. Like the jokes about him being wider than he is tall and a blonde beach ball or fat pig or whatever. Yeah. This is just the fat lady who's never like put down for being fat, but like... But also her title is the fat lady. She, yeah. They, she, they don't give her a name like nope. Sir Cadigan. No, no, no. Um, um, it, it, generally speaking, the characters that tend to be overweight um, are usually not good people. Yeah. And it's not that it's only overweight people who are not good people, because Voldemort and most of his Death Eaters are never described yeah. as being overweight. Yeah. But it's that there is a correlation between yeah. a character's largeness yeah. and um, whether or not we're supposed to like them or not. Yeah. Or at the very least, their largeness and whether they have worth. Yeah. Like, because mm -hmm. Neville is described as being chubby at least early on. Yeah, at, and, at first. He sort of grows out of that. Yeah, you're supposed to like him. Yes, but you're also sort of supposed to feel bad for him. Yeah, or laugh at him for being silly and goofy. Yeah. Especially early on. And as he gets older, he grows out of it. Or I think it's implied. I don't think it's actually ever specifically I guess they stated. don't ever say that specifically, yeah, but he just, stops being described yeah. as round. It's more, more obvious in the movies, where particularly for the third one, Alfonso Cuaron put him in, like, goofy false teeth yeah, the and stuff. Yeah, fake teeth. And then, like... Yeah, and this applies to the movies, too, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I, I, I never liked those fake teeth. That always bothered me so much. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, he sort of, as he grows out of it, he becomes more... Well-regarded. Yeah. Like, well-respected. Um, and, and, yeah, Neville was, was an example that I was going to bring up. But there's also Umbridge. Okay, yeah. Is not a slim lady. No, she's not supposed to be, like, like massively obese or anything, but no, she's... No, but she's... Rotund. Often described as looking at a toad, which is looking as a toad, like Look, a toad. Looking like a toad. <laughs> She's often described as looking like a toad, which is, you know, kind of a, a wide face. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know how much of that is said explicitly that she's, you know, kind of a bigger lady, but it's... Yeah. Clearly, like, in the text. Um, There's never, like, a, an overweight or larger character... Well, apart from Hagrid. But yeah, Hagrid and um, Olymp. Maxime. Yeah. Um, but they're half giants. They're supposed to be big. Yeah. And they're not, they're not described as being like overweight for that. They're just no, larger people. No, they're just people. larger. Yeah. Um, Whereas like, yeah. so there's never a character who is like overweight or anything like that. Maybe who, Molly Weasley? I don't think that's, I don't think we. I think she may, may oh, be I, described as plump. Yeah, plump is definitely a word used for Molly. Um, But in that since it's also a little bit of kind of like a derogatory yeah it's like, kind of demeaning she, her as a mother she's not yeah like, she's not i think she's also described as dumpy mm -hmm. um i think that's more of a malfoy thing though maybe but like i 
those terms like that just sort of stick with me, especially like as a child growing up, like mm-hmm. seeing like, characters that I that I love and mm-hmm. like especially like like Molly Weasley has always been someone that I've looked up to. Like she's she's so good yeah, and yeah. so generous and giving and wonderful and like seeing other characters sort of get down on her for like her appearance or at least the narration. If, yeah, the narration. Um, it. <sighs> Because that's supposed to be our perspective as well. And... Yeah, like that kind of stuff stuck with me as, yeah. as as a young reader. And then it was it was just in the movies as well. But then Malfoy has a line when Neville loses. Remember, he's like, maybe if he gave this a squeeze, he remembered not to fall on his fat ass. Yeah. Which... And like at that point, Neville's just a normal sized kid. Yeah. Like maybe he's got kind of a round, squishy face. He's but got, you know he, what? He's got some pu- puppy fat. Yeah, I still have that. Yeah. He was. There are eleven and twelve year olds. Do we really need to ha- hear one of them describing another one as a t- as having a fat ass? Yeah. Do we need to add swearing into this? <laughs> Do we? Can we just movie? think about our decisions for a minute? Um, and like this does sort of. I don't know how much of this is is reality and how much of this has just sort of become sort of a common mythos kind of thing about um, Ivana Lynch having an eating disorder and like writing into the author and getting sort of a letter back saying like there's definitely some level of truth to that like she definitely went through stuff yes absolutely no that's not what i'm questioning i'm I'm questioning how much the author actually had any say in the letter that got returned and stuff like that um and like (laughs) it always felt sort of insincere um, the sort of response that the author sort of gave to that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it it never really sat right with me, like, you know, reading the stories or whatever, and it's like, oh, that's so sweet, blah, 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 and everyone loves it. And I'm like, yeah, but she could also have not, like, you know, made all of the characters that you hate the most, like the Dursleys. Mm. Like, <sighs> And I guess at the time it was a matter of, like, well this is one thing so it's like and she's done so many great things yeah, so I don't yeah, really question yeah. and it, it's just one thing to sort of add to the pile of yeah, yeah. Um, but regardless it sucks yeah and it's not like it's an uncommon thing mm-hmm. it's not like this is the only media in which I could give examples of this kind of thing here's the thing <laughs> it's it's just it, it saddens me that it is such a pervasive thing yeah here's the thing about it as well not much even necessarily has to change like Dudley in particular and to, to a lesser extent Vernon can be overweight. Yeah. You just don't make all the jokes about that. That's just part of the description. Like, it kind of, like, creates a fun Dalesque caricature yes. when you put her, al- when you put them alongside Petunia, Petunia who is stick thin and is like, yes. has like a really long neck. And I think that may have been the original intention. Yes. Is to sort of probably give Hopefully. this sort of, uh, yeah, like this distinctive image of, of this family. The Dursleys are characters ripped straight from Roald Dahl. Yeah. Like, that's the point. Like, yeah. Um, it's it it sort of almost makes sense in a way, mm-hmm. um, but it's the way that the text specifically like repeatedly yeah, um, and they like, add add to it with Marge and just yeah yeah Marge n- is a good example. I n- didn't like write down a list for this yeah. or anything. This is just sort of what I'm thinking yeah. of in the moment. There's never a moment though where a larger character is portrayed as being heroic while larger or anything like that, or where it's brought brought up or like it's only ever brought up. In a derogatory sense. Yes, that's when, yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. The text is constantly um, belittling these yeah. characters. For when their Molly way. has her badass moment against Bellatrix, which has issues itself, but whatever, mm. it's not brought up at that time that oh, the plump witch ran in and said, "Not my daughter, you bitch." Yeah, no, no, like, and we're like forgetting that at that. Moment. When Neville cuts off Nagini's head, it's not the round boy. Yeah, it's yeah. 
No, yeah, and it, but whenever we do talk about a character who is overweight and someone we dislike, such as Dudley or Vernon, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's mentioned over and over yeah. and over again that whether, they're overweight. Whether the characters we're supposed to like or not, almost exclusively it would be brought up for the sake of humour. Mm-hmm. Because fat people are just there to make fun of and laugh at. Yeah. Is what the books are saying and yeah. what mu- so much of Western media says. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even necessarily have to change the sizes of any of the characters. Just change how you're talking about them and addressing it. Yeah. No, that's yeah. the thing. Is it's it's the and it's keep, the language that is being used in regards to these characters. Keep Neville chubby as well. Yeah. No, like I I was about to say I was leading into this. Like I've never been a thin person. Like I've always been a bit squishy is kind of my term for it. Um and like I've I've sort of struggled with self-esteem with that and stuff. Um you know, especially as like a teenager. Um and I'm I'm more or less fine with it now. I still have, you know, bad days or whatever, but um like having a character like Neville is my favorite Harry Potter character mm-hmm. um like imagine being kind of a squishy teenager and like reading about your favorite character who's kind of a squishy teenager like doing something as badass as like destroying a horcrux can you imagine like how good that could have been mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit emotional yeah um you're valid <laughs> um because like that stuff has so much meaning and can make such a difference for especially like young readers. Ugh, I told you this was a serious <laughs> one. Um, I warned you, but... This is a good one to do in New Year's as well, when so many people can be like, I'm going to have a resolution to lose weight. It's like, you don't have to do that for the sake of it, though. No. Like, like I- yes, maybe like have a resolution to be more healthy, yeah, you- to get more exercise because it gives you more energy or something like that. But it should never be because you feel like you weigh too much or yeah, because you because feel you- like you don't look right. Yeah. Ugh. There's New Year's resolution for everyone out there listening. Learn to love yourself the way you are. Learn to love yourself for who you are. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, I love you. (laughs) And I like you as a friend. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Sorted. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can enjoy other cool shows on the network, such as... Cold Classics! They're still doing their ongoing... uh, Coltsmas, 12, 12 Days, days of Coltsmas. Well, I say, they're still doing it at a time of recording. I believe by the time you're listening to this, the latest episode should be going live today. Is it the last one? Yes. Ah, cool. The last episode, the, the tw- day 12 of the 12 Days of Coltsmas. So if you've been waiting, you can go and binge all of them right now, including ours. Day four, four <laughs> calling birds of something. Four calling birds named Bell Silent. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's so good. Um, yeah, if you if you were looking for a bunch of sort of short episodes of something to just sort of binge through, I've listened to about half of them at this point, and they are absolutely delightful. Ten out of ten would recommend cult classics. <laughs> um, other shows include Green Mountain Mysteries and Ghoul Tank. Yeah, go check them out. Thank you to Matt Mishakamo of the Wong Ping Willows for the Use theme song, the House of Awesome theme song. And if you agree or disagree with any of our sorting, you can find us on Twitter at SortedPod. You can also find us both individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And while you're there on Twitter, you should tweet us your favourite random one-off side Futurama character that we didn't get to sort because there's so many and so many of them are so funny, even if they're on one episode. Yeah. Like... The, the 80s business guy. <laughs> He's a great character. You can point at any episode and be like... Horrible gelatinous blob. Oh my god. You didn't get to him. The robot fortune teller. The robot preacher. <laughs> the robot insert any job title here. Space joke. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>
start a new house and it's called awesome start a new house it's called awesome start a new house and it's called awesome pocket podcast network quality programming right to your pocket hi i'm john i'm gabe i'm chris we're three friends who went to college together hey gabe did you know that Akira Kurosawa has a writing credit on Star Wars? I didn't know that. Good, because I made it up. I have one. The creator of the Frisbee made his ashes into a commemorative run of Frisbees. I don't believe you. That's 100% real, my dude. Them's the Facts, a show about fun facts and lying to your friends. Every other Wednesday. On the Pocket Podcast Network.